The following podcast is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com. Sci-Fi For Me Radio presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is H2O. Shall we start with a trigger warning? Well, if by trigger warning you mean terrible the, people are everywhere. Well, um, well, in in this day and age, though the 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 modern online culture, you can't go anywhere without issuing a a trigger warning or a safe space thing or something. This is not so. necessarily a bad idea. This is a this is a. I think, like anything, it can be taken to extremes. But this is also uh, for a lot of that stuff. It's also just a beware. Yeah, this, and I think that's not a bad thing. Yeah, we're going to get into some some heavily PG thirteen territory with this one. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Jason Hunt, sitting across from Timothy Harvey. Hello. We are discussing the discussion. Uh, we're going to do our we're going to do our reliable reliable sources version of uh, of our show uh, this week and and the topic is going to be a little bit touchy and some of you may have opinions and you can share with h2o at sci-fi for me.com um, over the last week and as near as we can figure, this all spurred out of the shakeup at Vertigo Comics, yeah, where this started. Although how the two are connected, I still need to, to read some stuff here. I've got a bunch of tabs open on my computer. The, um, the topic tonight, we're discussing the allegations against Eddie Braganza and others, because he's not the only one, uh, sexual assault harassment um, in in the comics industry as a whole and we're not gonna we're not gonna get into very much I don't want to get into very much of the details of the allegations themselves because we haven't looked into this well and not only that they're allegations at this point they're allegations and there are as near as I can figure with Braganza especially there are steps that DC took to address the situation at the time, mm-hmm. which has been a number of years past, let me let me let me ask you this: When you were younger, I was never younger. When you were younger and stupider, <laughs> okay. <laughs> did you still stupid ever do something you shouldn't do, thinking that you wouldn't get caught? Oh God, yes, of course. Okay, all right. And did you get caught? Almost inevitably. Okay. Now, um, however many years later, mm-hmm. how would it how would it play if someone went online and started accusing you of that thing again all these years later and you haven't done it since? Well, if you haven't done it since, um, yeah, that could be a very, very traumatic experience. Um, and it kind of depends. And all, but it also depends on what it was. True. Um, so... I mean, if you are, and, and this is why having a warning on this show is not a bad idea. If you if you killed someone or raped someone or you know abused someone, yeah, um, or committed, you know, there's there's a uh, there there's certain there's certain crimes that we all, I think, if we're if we're really actually humans, um, appall us, right? Mm-hmm. And it is hard for us, very much, you know, so to 
set those aside. It is hard for us to believe someone can change. You know, when the, when sort of when some of that stuff happens, it, and and even if they have, I mean, that's just that's just some crimes make us do that, right? Um, so it just depends. But I mean, yeah. Um, I just I, I just want to be sure that we're in the right headspace for this because there are there are inevitably, if if we had a big enough audience, uh, there would inevitably be the people who come at us saying that we have no right to talk about this because we're white straight men. Well, but I... And, you know, there are people that would do that. Possibly, but I, I think that the question here is is not whether or not... Well, we're not... We're not... You can't even... We're not defending or accusing someone. We're talking about what's no, happening here. Right. We're and, talking about the actual online discussion of this whole thing. Right. The, and the, so... The public... But I saw... It, and, it. I, and I think I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to... Yeah, there, somebody probably would, but I'd be hard-pressed to think of any... For just to pick a gender here, any woman that I know that wouldn't think that this would be a discussion worth having. Well, and I'm not saying it's a discussion that's not worth having. I mean, it's worth having. Um, let, let's get into a little bit of the specifics. Yeah, yeah, let, uh, where would this have started? Okay, so um, let me let me find. Okay, Shelley Bond, who's been over at Vertigo for what twenty years? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Uh, DC, DC Entertainment announced they are restructuring the Vertigo imprint. And as part of that, they dismissed editor Shelley Bond, who's been at Vertigo for a number of years. Right. She began as an assistant editor the company's very first year. I mean, she's been there this whole time. And uh, has been you know, involved in a bunch of things, you know, Sandman, Fables. You know, a lot of a lot of stuff that came out of Vertigo, I Zombie, uh, which is now a show on CW, and um, somehow this popped up another topic, and it triggered uh, accusations and allegations. Mm-hmm. Of sexual harassment in the workplace. I don't know how the two are, are exactly connected, but um, the the outhousers, of course, are, who are all over D.C. all the time whenever they do something they shouldn't ought to do, their, uh, their headline from uh, April 21st, D.C. restructures Vertigo, fires Shelley Bond, provokes naming of open secret sexual harasser in upper management. And I, I guess – I don't know how, how one led to the other, but somehow the fact that she got fired triggered comments online either on Twitter, I think, from uh, Janelle Esselin about, yeah, well, they'll fire Shelly, but they keep, they keep him. Well, and I think that's where this starts. Well, the, the over at Comic Book Resources, uh, they mentioned that the perceived connection between the two uh, came about after uh, Image Comic Image Comics director, former Image Comics director of PR and marketing, Jennifer De Guzman, 
uh, went on social media and asked why Bond's position was done away with while someone with, and I quote, multiple complaints of sexual harassment was still employed by DC. Right. So it looks like someone from outside um, and uh, uh, not Bond uh, herself right. yeah. um, at, at all. From from what I can see, there doesn't appear any indications that she had anything to do with it. Um, and then I guess uh, Nick Hanover over at Loser City uh, specifically named uh, regard. Eddie Burgonzo, Eddie Burgonzo. Eddie who is currently a group editor on the Superman titles for DC. Right. Used to be higher up. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there was there was an accusation, and, and internally, HR dealt with it by demoting him. Right. And that's the end of it. You, you get disciplined for the action, mm-hmm. and you stop doing the action, and it goes in, it, it goes in your file, and it's, you're done and finished. Right, and whatever the details were, um, and having been an HR manager, um, the almost every business has very, very clear guidelines mm-hmm. on what will get you fired on the spot, right? Um, and what will get you a warning or a final warning. Um, and I would imagine, not not knowing for sure, but I would imagine that uh, the demotion came with a, if you do it again, yeah. uh, you're out. Um, and so <clears throat> this kind of thing is run by a legal team. This kind of thing is run by um, people who make careers out of being human resources people. They're aware what happens when the lawsuits start flying. Yeah. So whatever it was, whatever the situation was... Um, I'm I'm guessing, and again, I, not there. I can only just from someone from my own from my own experience in in that part of the field. Um, the, uh, the it was viewed as being something that could have been handled internally and could have been you know a, a demotion uh, was considered a, a legally acceptable and legally defensible decision to make. Right, because really, I mean, it. According to this this article here on Bleeding Cool, and they make the point, there's no apparent connection between Shelley Bond's departure right. and and this and this whole thing. Now, I I also want to put it put in this caveat because we're talking about being accused of something mm-hmm. from from long ago, back many many years ago. I was working in a in a office setting where there were majority majority of the staff were women mm-hmm. and you know as you do you get to know some of them a little bit better than others and you know you know a little flirty you know, silly goofy stuff N- nothing nothing overt or anything like that right mm-hmm. well it just so happened that one of these one of these particular persons takes the same route that I take home sure okay well, it just so happened that I ended up behind her on the, on the road. And the next day, I get called in, accused of stalking, following her home, and making the workplace generally uncomfortable for her. I'm like, um, no, that's the route that I take home every day. 
Now, having been on the receiving end of such accusations, I can tell you that as a guy, I knew that the, the document that was set in front of me mm -hmm. basically said, you're guilty whether you're guilty or not. You okay. signed this paper, and we don't care what your side of the story is because you're the guy and you're accused well, so I'm going to I'm going to sign this paper. I'm going to say no because having been in HR that, that happened. No, 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 I know. Yeah. But in, having been in HR, it doesn't matter if you're male or female. Okay. If it if the, if the genders had been re reversed on that one, mm -hmm. it would have been exactly the same piece of paper in front of you. Because What bothered me about it is I wasn't I I wasn't allowed, my side didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, I know. And welcome to the wonderful world of 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 HR and legal departments. Yeah. Because the company, the com you are you are replaceable, and 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 I hate to break it to you know hopefully hopefully the folks at home realize that in the business world, nobody is essential. <laughs> I have news, uh, we could all be replaced, and and the concern that they the company is always going to have the concern for, uh, and again hope folks will realize this is where their liability falls. Right. Okay. So. Um, Exactly what you were talking about with with the the kind of flirty kind of fun thing. One of the things that I actually did with my new hires, um, and this is back in my Borders books days. I was for five years. I was the HR manager. Um, and believe me, I've been to all the sexual harassment, hostile workplace environment uh, seminars, and I fired some. I've fired people for those things. Mm -hmm. um, and one of which I hired. And I got to watch them go from being just an amazing interview into being one of the creepiest human beings I've ever met. Mm. Um, and it was, I, I completely understand why the women in my store were very uncomfortable around this person. Yeah. But I would sit there and say, hey, this is Christine. She's our cafe manager. Christine and I are friends. Christine's husband and I are friends. There are things that I would say to Christine such as, and I would say, and Christine and I would do a little thing back and forth. Right. The way we normally talk to each other. Role play. Yeah, except that it was us being us. Yeah. Right? I said, you can't do that here. Right. Because if I do that to her, and you don't know me, and you don't know the nature of our relationship, what I just said to her is incredibly inappropriate for the workplace. Um, and it be it's because they are the the company's concern is going to be to take care of its bottom line. Right. The yeah, company comes first. Right. And even even and from a legal point of view, from a legal point of view, that the company has to it doesn't matter how great the company is to you. It doesn't matter how much the company likes you. Um this is just how it is. I mean this is, you know, the this is how you know they they take into account each state's laws, they take into account the guidelines of the company, all these different things. Right. And again, you are disposable. Um, you can, <clears throat> I've seen, I've seen it happen on the hourly level, the general manager level. I've seen it happen on regional director levels. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah. I got to, I was with borders for 10 years. <laughs> I got this, I get, well, because it, I mean, it, it's, you know, and some of it, some of it I think was justified no. and some of it, uh, I, I don't know enough to say it wasn't. Um, one of the jobs I worked here in Kansas city. Uh, working for the by, in my Papa John's years, uh, had an area manager oversaw the Kansas City market. 
and I won't say when because that'll probably get me in trouble if I do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, they—that's how he lost his job yeah. is because someone, and it should have happened. It should have happened earlier, but they were scared. People were scared of him because he, sure. he was a horrible person. I mean, he was just. A, but he was, he was a boss. He was, you know. A boss's boss. Yeah. And somebody, and then there was there was a young lady who sat there and went, uh, no, I'm not scared of you. And she complained, and everyone sat there and went, oh, thank God. <laughs> but it was just, I mean, yeah. and I had no idea. I had, I was entirely the wrong place and, and time to have know any of this stuff was going on outside of, because it wasn't happening in my store. It was happening in other stores. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's and it's a really awkward thing because if you accuse someone, um, uh, you want to. We all want to think that that there's got to be proof there, and right. and I, in in most cases there does have to be. I mean, you don't. You're in my case there wasn't. Well, but there's a balancing act. There's a balancing act that these these people go through, and some of them do better than others, and that is which was. <laughs> If we just fire you outright, they're not supposed to be able to look at you and go, you've been accused, you're out. Right. Okay? But it happens, mm-hmm. right? Um, and sometimes that comes down to uh, you know, the perception, because it's all perception. Right. You know? and right. For, they, they look at it as from, from the public perception in, looking in, right? And so if they are, if the, if, you know, if the perception to them that you have been accused of a crime is bigger than you f- turning around and suing for false uh, termination. Eh. Yeah, they it's may toss-up. S- they may sit there and go, "Here's twenty five thousand dollars. Will go away." Yeah, uh, because it's going to be less of a uh, an external scandal. It's it varies. It, you know, it varies yeah. so much. It's the main, such a wide the thing. main reason I bring that up, you know, that the accusation is is enough to convict, <clears throat> is that universally mm-hmm. across the board. All of the coverage of this particular brouhaha mm-hmm. is on one side. It is. It all comes from the assumption, mm-hmm. and I'll say this is an assumption, that he's actually done all of the things that everybody says he's done. Mm-hmm. Not saying that he hasn't. Right. You know, we're going to be doing a lot of qualifiers in this thing oh, tonight, sure. I'm sure. But the... It, it strikes me as noteworthy, let's say, that there is, there is no back and forth on this. There's all the, I mean, it, it, every, every article, even, even the news articles that are reporting on this are basically slanted toward the assumption of guilt. Now, if you're going to if you're going to accuse somebody of something, mm-hmm. I and, and and I know what you're saying, but there's also the fact that there seems to be a history here. That's what that's what we're also hearing. Right, is that this is not the first time, and it's the kind of thing where it's not the first time where it was years and years and years ago. It was. I guess the thing that bothers me about it is that without. Without any kind of proof, mm-hmm. one, two, without any eyewitnesses. I mean, you've got people sitting here saying, well, I heard this. Or, 
Yeah, uh, sure. Janelle Janelle Aslin as Aslin. I I don't know how she pronounces her last name. I don't want to get it wrong on purpose. Janelle apparently it's it's interesting that she's at the heart of two of these things because we'll talk about Scott Alley over Dark Horse here in a minute too. But I it's it's one of these things where I saw it happen, but it never happened to me type of thing. Mm-hmm. I heard about it. You're you're getting these reports second and third hand, and treating it like gospel. And I guess what bothers me is if if you've got accusations with no proof, if you have the one circumstance that was acknowledged as actually happening already dealt with by HR then isn't everything that's going on now just muckraking? Well, I mean, and, and I'm not saying that we should not be having this discussion. You know, harassment in the workplace is a bad thing and it should be done away with. Yes, I, I, I'm not against that at all. And I'm not saying that this is what I'm going on here. I'm saying it's, if, if you've got somebody, whoever it is, Male or female, boss, uh, peon, whoever, mm-hmm. they get accused. They do the investigation internally. I mean, this this is an internal thing. And if DC already dealt with it, and there haven't been any reported incidents past that, well, they're, 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 and they're, here's where things get fuzzy mm-hmm. because there was uh, there was something apparently in 2012. There have been quote unquote several over the years, right? Which is not a lot of information, by the way. Um, it's very vague it is enough. Very vague. However, that... we've also had people like Greg Rucka say that they won't work with him. Right. Um, and uh, what seems to be, what seems to be, from from what I'm getting from looking at all of this, is we have a situation where Vertigo, Vertigo's been losing money for DC for a while. Okay, so okay. so you can argue. And I think that, that the argument that DC would make is that the Vertigo brand is losing money, um, which you can. There are a lot of different reasons why you could argue the Vertigo brand is losing money. Yeah, but making making Vertigo answerable to Didio and Lee is not the best way to handle that. <laughs> that's probably. Um, but I mean, so, that's a completely other topic. But, so, fi- yeah. so, so letting Shelley go, whether it was a, you know, no, again, not, no, we don't know the circumstances of her termination. Right. Right. Um, and we shouldn't really, generally speaking, that's the kind of stuff that isn't anybody's business, but hers and management's. Yep. Okay. If they choose to make that public, fine. But I'm, I'm from from. Of course, in this day and age of the internet, where everybody wants to know everybody's business. Well, of course, and that's and that's an, that's a big issue, and that's some of that is this. I think some comes I think out of some of that. A lot of that is this. But the the if she is if she's overseeing a, a division of any you know, of of the company that is losing money, and they decide she's too expensive. Um. You know, they let her go. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. You know, there could be there could be anything from you know her contract could easily say that they can do that. I mean, generally right. speaking, you, you, generally speaking, you have to have cause to terminate someone. Most businesses, most states, right, require you to have cause. Well, and the reports that I saw said that they eliminated the position, right, which is in order which... <laughs> as part of the as part of the corporate restructuring of the Vertigo imprint, right. 
they eliminated that position in order for the editorial staff to answer to DiDio and Lee. Right. And so basically, if your position goes away, you either get transferred or there's no position for you, your job goes away. Usually, mm-hmm. they, usually a lot of businesses will give you money at that point. They'll give you a severance package. Which, or, which may have happened here. We, don't, happen. we know. don't know. We don't know. But you also have, I think, what it looks like, just from some of this, is that... Some of the people involved with the public uh, comment on this, um, like, uh, that is a good question how to pronounce that name. Aselin? Aselin? I don't know. Um, I, I, I hate to get it wrong. And, but... and, and Janelle, if you happen to hear this, I, our apologies. We don't generally refer to people that we don't know Um personally by their first names all that terribly often but um where where we don't... I'd, I'd I'd go with a selling <clears throat> uh, well my 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 cousin's yeah. name last name is Asel so okay. so anyway so Janelle our apologies um it looks as though uh you know she had personal experience with him um and had the reaction that I think some people and again people looking from the outside looking in could see this person being, you know, uh, uh, Berganza being in a position of authority again, and then someone who, uh, you know, after, after that kind of thing, and then somebody else uh, somebody else being pushed out uh, for stuff that she probably doesn't have a whole lot of control. To be perfectly honest, the, what, the, way, the way that the DC has been running various aspects of their comic world for a while, um, Vertigo stopped being Vertigo a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily know that Vertigo was ever a hugely pop, uh, uh, profitable. I'd have to go back and look at it, but Vertigo was always specialty titles. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I don't know. The experimental stuff. Yeah, and that doesn't necessarily, I mean, you had a few flagship titles over there. You had your Sandmans and your Lucifers and uh, some of the other ones, Swamp Thing. Um, back when those guys were when those were really, really at their, their height of their creative powers but there's a lot of stuff that kind of just came and went i don't i don't know so anyway um it looks as though uh the reaction has really been this sort of sense that this is it's patently unfair Mm -hmm. um and i just if if everything is as face value appears i'd be hard-pressed to disagree but (laughs) We don't know that everything is exactly as it appears from the outside looking in. Right. Um, so, and and as someone who, um, and and this is this is tough actually because I have a very personal experience with um, a very very close person, very very close to me, um, who had been raped, and so I find uh, sexual harassment. Um, it's an itchy kind of thing because mm-hmm. it's it's like okay, no, let, let me explain how this works. <laughs> you know, yeah. let let me break this down for you. You but, don't get to do things. But so. that goes back. That also goes back to um, you know one one man's trash is another man's treasure. One man's magic is another man's science. I mean, there's well, I mean, okay, yes and no. Well, I mean, it kind of is because it's it's all perception. If I if I choose well, to if I okay. choose to take something you say as offensive, who's to say that I'm not offended? 
Well, okay, but I mean, well, if you no, say this, if you say the sky is blue, mm-hmm. and I say, how dare you say that? I find it offensive. Um, we, I'm, we'd... I'm, 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 I'm in. You're in the wrong. Well, okay. This, this is in fact, this is in fact how we explain the internet and comment it, it, sections. Yeah, but but the but I mean, the, the sexual harassment is such a murky but, gray. Okay, but not image. always. Okay, sometimes it's very, very clear and very, very specific. If the accusations are very specific, and if the well, if but okay, but there but, that people can well, say that's, this that's, happened. That's true. But the idea that the idea that most sexual harassment cases are gray, fuzzy things. Um, May or may not be true. I, I honestly don't. I've never seen any statistics that break it all down. Uh, I'm sure someone out there has compiled them because this is what we were. We're you know these. That's the kind of thing you can compile if people. It's the internet. Well, not necessarily that. But just because if I were if I were a sociologist, I would actually want to know this information, right? Um, that's actually a, a, something that's worthy of study. But uh, sometimes it's not uh, a gray fuzzy thing. Sometimes it's a very blatant thing. Or something that, you know, um, remember the Scott uh, Lobdell thing a while back? I missed that one. Okay, so basically, uh, short version is um, uh, there was an an artist, cartoonist, and comics professional, um, um, Marie Naomi, um, ended up having a thing between her and, and Scott Lobdell who wrote uh, for DC, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Teen Titans, Superboy, several other titles. Right. Um, and they had an interaction at a comic book con, comic con panel, or uh, and it went very wrong. And she was public about it, but did not name him. He came forward and said, "It was me. I was wrong." Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. That is whether or not whether or not you, his apology is acceptable to everyone in the world doesn't matter. Uh, she apparently felt it was acceptable at the time, um, but it was the kind of thing where there was you know it was wrong so much so that he knew it was wrong, and he also knew that he was not his intent was not to do to come across the way he did. Right. So they relatively handled it like grown-ups, which was awesome. Um, <clears throat> but uh, whether it's gray or fuzzy or very, very specific, um, especially having done the HR thing and having, having known enough people who have been in the position on the receiving end from the extremes of just being treated like, you know, because you're a woman, your opinion doesn't matter all the way down to, you know, like I said, I know people have been raped. Mm-hmm. Um, they should speak up. They need, oh, to, they, they need to say something. And this yes. is actually, this is actually for, for all the fact that, that you can definitely hear both of us say that the internet has turned into, you know, is just a mess half the time. Half? Um, half? You're being generous. I, I know. Um, I, I didn't look at much politics today. Just looking at a couple of things. So I'm, I'm feeling like a little brighter <laughs> in the world. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that is that this kind of stuff, uh, especially rape stuff, has always been underreported because women yeah. get afraid, and and actually, uh, by the way, men get raped too. By the way, yeah. and and they are especially afraid because there's the perception, there's that massive perception of it makes you look weak, and and so um, 
public service public service announcement. If any of this stuff has happened to you, uh, talk to someone. Yeah. Uh, talk to someone now. Um, I don't care how long ago it happened. It will help you if, if you talk to someone now. Um, but the uh, in this particular case, circle back around. I kind of went off on a digression that was actually kind of on topic. How mm. weird. That's weird. Funny we how that happens. We can't sometimes. have that happen. No. Um, in this particular case, whatever it was, and we don't know the details. Whatever it was, it was an, it was the company was certain enough. And I guess the DC uh, uh, HR department. Has, well, it would have been Warner Brothers. Well, they've, at the they've, time. they've got a reputation yeah. for being very, very strict. Um, and so, whatever it was to get demoted and to apparently not have any women being allowed to work directly underneath you. And not being allowed to make appearances at comic conventions for a set number of times. This kind of sounds like one of those conversations where someone looks at you and go, let me explain how the world is going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you? Because <laughs> we'll set you on fire. <laughs> the other, the other thing this brings up, and and it's not it's not related to the harassment part of it, but consider that all of this is going on in the midst of the New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. And what was going on in the midst of the New Fifty Two? You had creative teams walking out the door almost every week. I mean, we did a we did an early episode here mm-hmm. that went uh, we went through the list of oh, yeah. everybody who had walked at that point up until that point. I think there were something like sixty or sixty or seventy. Oh, and people. it was and, and there were some of them were some of the biggest names in comics. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, George Perez. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's all these. It was right after. It was right after. It was our Batwoman episode. Yeah, it was right yeah. after. Oh, yeah. right after the Batwoman creative team left. I think it was like our our fifth or sixth episode. It was, it was really somewhere early. there. Yeah, and uh, and the discussion at that point and for a long time after that was the fact that uh, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee and Bob Harris had created an environment where the editors, the group editors, the executive editors, all of, all of the top people in charge over there mm-hmm. were making it very, very difficult, nigh on impossible, for any of the creative teams to be creative in ways they wanted to be creative. Mm-hmm. And the editorial interference was enormous. Mm-hmm. And we don't know that it's gotten very much better. Um, I mean, it's been quiet on that front for a long time, so maybe things shook out. But if you've got, if you've got a sinking ship in the new 52, mm-hmm. and you have people that are bailing out left and right, how much of a challenge is it to deal with something like this in the middle of all of that. If if Berganza, let's say we're dealing with that situation, we've got the accusations, but he does good work. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he does or not. I mean, it, he was an executive editor. Somebody, somebody thought he did good work. Right. Okay. You've got all of this stuff that we're dealing with. At that point, with so many people leaving all the time who's to say that somebody over at dc said 
may, may, may have said, and there's all speculation, of course, maybe somebody sat there and went, we can't afford to get rid of him. Because who are we going to get? Because maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know, because that's right in the middle of all of that. That's certainly, but that's certainly a possibility, I think. And maybe it's one of these things where it's like, okay, we've got to bring the hammer down on him, but we can't get rid of him. Well, but I honestly think that, that with... I would I would be really surprised, and again, I can't know. Right, yeah. This okay. is all this is all pure speculation. I would be part. really surprised though that if if they felt <sighs> you don't get demoted the way he did, you don't get those restrictions placed on you if if they don't believe that they can defend their actions right. in court. Right. right. Well, and I'm not saying no, they, no, 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 I'm, I'm not saying I'm, they did wrong. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to work this through my head right now, too. Yeah, to some okay. degree. So, so this is something that we're where their legal department and their HR department, which in this particular case would be hand in hand, mm-hmm. are going to sit there and say, you know, if we keep him, this is what has to happen. Right. So the question does become: Did they feel they had to? Um, are they working around the necessity of him staying on the staff because of what was what was going on elsewhere? It's possible. I think that if it was a situation like that, though, the first chance they could have kicked him to the curb, they would have taken it if they because at some point they would have been able to replace him. Unless right? part of the deal was he takes the demotion, mm-hmm. he doesn't make the appearances. Now I've seen him on Blu-ray style and back to uh, on behind-the-scenes interviews and stuff on some of the animated stuff. Sure, now. sure. So he's he's out, he's out of the office now. But maybe part of that deal was, you know, we're not going to fire you. You take this deal instead. Well, but I think it's and then and then legally, <laughs> you know, he does he he pays his penance. He does he does his time. You can't fire him at that point because you've already well, punished him. No, because in in this particular case, uh, in, I mean, if a new accusation comes, right? Because sure, I mean, because yeah, that's basically, a new, a new situation. I think something like this, and again, not. I can only speak from from what would happen on in, on, in the book world, right? Right. This would have been a final warning situation where it was basically like, okay, you still have a job, yeah, for now, and this is you know this is this is the deal you're taking. If you want to continue to be employed by us, you're gonna you're getting the demotion. You're getting blah blah blah. You're not gonna get you know. There are, we're not going to let women around you. Yeah, because we don't trust. Well, okay, right there. That that's one of the things that actually concerns me a little there. But it makes you wonder why they felt they had. Did they feel like they had they, to keep him or, or they or they may have what? wanted they may have wanted to keep someone with more continuity. Because one of the things that they were definitely experiencing mm-hmm. was suddenly the con- any sense of continuity was going out the window. Because if right. you're if these creative teams are leaving, um, you know they're the situation that they, they were these people were being put in as as creators, as artists, as writers. Um, you know they were not sitting there going, "Okay, I'm giving you my six months." Yeah, they were walking thin, and it makes me wonder just how desperate things got over there i think i think that if one day we will get the definitive no we won't we'll get we'll get a we'll get somebody we'll get somebody somebody's version and and maybe we'll get several somebody's and we can and we can find the truth in between all of them 
Um, Wouldn't you love to be in the room? No. And just and just oh, talk, God, and no. just start interviewing people oh, and just okay, asking okay. them well, yes, what, that, that what happened yeah. Yeah, oh, during yeah, that, the that would during the, be really cool. the the new fifty two implosion. Yeah, and I you know it's it's a fascinating thing for all the people who are who are questioning the DC cinematic universe right now. Um, it is in much better shape than the new fifty two was. And that's really, you know, <laughs> which is kind of, which, which should give you a, especially if you did not like the last two DC movies, then you should have a sense of how bad it was with New 52. That's just. And now, New 52 had some decent titles. The problem with the, the problem. But it was very, very few of them. Well, the, the, it's okay. Here, here's overall the New 52, I think. And looking back, because we no longer, it's not the New 52 anymore. Right. Rebirth. Right? Rebirth. Which I'm actually kind of excited about in some cases. That some of it sounds interesting. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, see how it goes. The thing that gets me the the thing that gets me most excited about Rebirth is the is the, the reversing to the numbers. <laughs> which is, which is, I was like, we're gonna get Action Comics 1000. I know, isn't that great? <laughs> yes. So, I think, you know, on one hand, here you have this opportunity. You, you have, and, and every company does this. Mm-hmm. Every company says we have an opportunity to reinvigorate our line. To sit there and, you know, we've, we've got all these things going on. We've got the move. We've got this stuff. We've got, you know, it's an opportunity for us to, to you know, give our, you know, update everything and, and make it, you know, cool again and, and exciting and, and, you know. Right. DC's done it several times. Marvel has done it several times. We've, they've all do, done it. And they actually had a very successful Relaunch of things overall. I mean, the Hawkman was a continuity nightmare, but <laughs> um, with with after Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? Okay, so now you have this, which could have been exactly what we all. I mean, just remember that. Remember that period after Crisis where we were all excited about things, where it's yeah. like. You know, there was what's going to happen now? Yeah, and it was because it was handled overall. There were definitely yeah, there were definitely bumps after crisis, but overall it was handled really, really well. Right. And this could have been that. The, I mean, it, it's it's easy to lose sight of the fact that New Fifty Two could have been an amazing success. Could have been if they had been right. If they had, but it's you know that whole thing was sounded like there was so much not really planning happening. Mm-hmm. Which I have news. <laughs> okay, planning. You know, I, <laughs> I'm planning my day every day when I get up in the morning. Okay, that's just to make it through an you know an, an, uh, yeah an eight, just, eight, just hour, eight hour nine hours yeah. of work day. Um, and I'm a grown up, and I'm relatively smart, and I need to you know, and I'm thinking, okay, if I do this and this and this and this and this, and that's just to make it through a day. I don't run a publishing empire. I don't run how many comics, you know, 52, 52 comics, 52 hey, titles. you know, yeah. um, and 52 creative well, and teams. And that didn't count the Vertigo titles. Uh-huh. So you had, what, 60 or 70? Yeah, so it's yeah. it becomes this really daunting process if you think about it for more than a couple of seconds, the kind of thing you really have to plan. Yeah. And, it just, and so, yeah, so there's a very real possibility that in the middle of all of that, with people walking out the door, they may have felt that if they just left him in place for, you know, it, you know demote him, make some very strict rules. And the very strict rules actually make, you know, again, not knowing, but it does not look good for him right. that, that he, you know, he didn't do what they said he did. Um, so, 
Yeah, that that I could I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Speaking of walking out the door, more coffee. Speaking of planning, yeah, more coffee. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are going to take a break and uh, let you hear from our sponsor, SuperheroStuff.com. Uh, we are in the process. We're getting ready, and I think this is going to time out with that we record our 115th episode at Planet Comic Con. May twenty first, Saturday, May twenty first is when we're we're booked into a panel room. Mm-hmm. We're going to record our one hundred fifteenth episode for broadcast the next week, and in that week we are going to give away a superhero stuff hero box. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna refill coffee mugs and let you hear from them, and when we come back, more discussion of our harassment topic uh, when H2O continues right after this. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Where can you get the latest cool superhero and sci-fi merchandise? SuperheroStuff.com From t-shirts to keychains to cookie jars and everything in between. Superhero Stuff has added more buyers to the staff, which means more stuff, which means more for you to choose from. And don't forget the Hero Box, the must-have superhero mystery box. A $70 value, just $49. Visit SuperheroStuff.com today and gear up with your favorites. SuperheroStuff.com where heroes shop. I'm meteorologist Brian Busby. If you're traveling to a convention this weekend, especially if you're a cosplayer, it helps to know what the weather's going to be like. Rain and fur don't mix very well, now do they? That's why every week, Sci-Fi For Me gives you the weather forecast for every city hosting a convention. Those we have on our list, anyway. And that's worldwide, not just in the United States. It's part of our commitment to bring you content you won't find anywhere else. Just click on the Conventions tab over at SciFiForMe.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Whoa, where'd you get that shirt? Bought it at the convention last week. It's an atomic cotton design. Atomic cotton? Yep, they got t-shirt designs from sci-fi, horror, cult films. All the shirts were really unique and fun. I had to get one. I gotta wait for another convention, though. Nope. AtomicCotton.com. I ordered a shirt. Shipping was super fast. Atomic Cotton, where Erica and Zach combine their passion for art and film to create wearable art. All original, made with a love for the genre. Coming to a convention near you very soon. Or find them on the web at AtomicCotton.com. Atomic Cotton. Shirts and art for fans by fans. Star Wars fans, McKenna Riley here, inviting you to join me for the latest news, rumor, and innuendo from a galaxy far, far away. Salacious crumbs only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. If you've got an opinion, you can share it with us. The email address, h2o at sci-fi for me.com. Or you can leave comments on all of our social media. Be polite. Be uh, smart. Pity, even. But not... Uh, not rude, crude, and socially unacceptable, as most of the internet is. Which is, yeah, which is tough anymore. How does that define? Oh, no, um, no. especially in the middle of political stupid season, where the the so much is... as opposed to just regular internet stupid season. Well, yeah, actually, it gets worse. No. It gets worse uh, this time of of every four years because it does, and that's kind of terrifying. Um, I was having that. You know, you and I have talked about it before, and I was having this conversation uh, a couple days ago, actually, with somebody at work. And the idea that we are now in this wonderful state where we can talk to almost anybody, and when we were kids, 
And mm-hmm. they were when 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 telephones were mounted to the walls, and you could kill a man with a phone because <laughs> they were heavy. Yeah. They were heavy and made of leather. They were solid. Or, I mean, now if you throw your cell phone at somebody, they're gonna sit there. Ow! What did you do that for? You broke your phone. You know, they back then you pick up the phone, you you clock someone with it, and it's like, oh no, I'm going to jail. Um, but. I've still got a phone like that somewhere around here. Well, so do I, actually. Um, I also still have an answering machine. I don't know why I have an answering machine. Do I, do I still have one? But I found it in the box the other day. I'm like, okay, this is I go- don't know that it. I don't know that I have one of those This still. is going to the box for the thing that's going to get thrown away. No, 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 no. It's set dressing. Keep it for a prop. You never know <laughs> when you're going to need it for a movie. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's true. And that's probably why I kept it in the first place. But yep. anyway, um, and, and long-distance phone calls. Mm-hmm. Cost mm-hmm. all cost the money. money in the yes. world. My ex-wife and I met at an acting conference in Muncie, Indiana. Mm. Okay, when we were in high school, and she lived in Michigan, and I lived oh. in Kansas, and so we wrote letters. We 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 called each other like twice a month, and we wrote letters the rest of the time. My, it was a different time, kids. Yes, it was, was a very different. When time. I was growing up. At, uh, up until just recently, well, I mean, up until the point where my grandmother died, my mother and her mother, mm-hmm. uh, my mother would call uh, her mother and would call her sister mm-hmm. once a week. Right. And they'd do the check-in on, you know, like Sunday afternoon or Saturday evening or whatever, and they'd call, you know, she'd, she'd call her sister and they'd talk for a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, half hour or whatever. And then she'd call her mother. Sure. And they'd talk for a little while. But they wouldn't be very. They wouldn't be really super long conversations. I right. mean, sometimes, sometimes they'd get long and rambling because stuff going on, or family, or somebody sick, or whatever. But sure. But the general check-in conversations were not incredibly long. Right. And uh, it's funny. We were talking about it the other day, the fact that uh, it was just once a week. Right. And nowadays. My mother wants frequent check-ins, like mm-hmm. daily. Yeah, I'll get a text. How are you? How are you today? Wait a minute. Is, is everything a, okay? okay? Are you okay? So, is what happens is your mom texts you, and then uh, you, then you text me. I'm not in a mood when I text you. No. Um, uh, I, I no, don't know. But, are you sure? Because I can go back here. <laughs> Now, usually, usually when I'm texting you, it's after I've read something from somebody else. I know. Else. Actually, there's actually a. Uh, Can you believe it? If you were to if you were to go through my list of texts uh, and and look at the stuff from Jason, uh, there is. Uh, How far back have you kept it? Uh, for this phone, um, probably back to because because every time I change phones, I lose yeah. things back. Um, this one is probably November. November? Yeah. <laughs> now I now I do I do go through and delete stuff periodically, but it's I've got yeah. you know there's there's a I I, I don't... I've got a ton of great you know if I were to there's I have so many cool links to follow um, between uh, a lot of the stuff you send me that I I sit there oh okay and and I have I actually have more time now at work I can actually read some of that stuff in a timely manner as opposed to like six or seven hours later. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's because I don't see anything in there recent that that would be. What did I say? What is it? Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. anyway, um, the the. But yeah, it's it's that whole that whole you know 
the fact that long distance is gone and, and that instant communication and it's, you know, the fact it, that I live alone, she worries. Of course. So it's, you know, it's every it's, day. Well, of course. But it's, it's also this, this thing where, and this is, this is where the internet gets, gets the mess that, that it can be. Um, there's no vetting. There's, well, there's no, there's no, we, we instantly respond. Yeah. We don't ponder what we're saying. I had a conversation with my 14-year-old not too long ago, trying to get him to understand that you just don't pop off mm -hmm. and talk. Mm -hmm. Because generally, you end up interrupting somebody, you know, because you, 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 know, you just got to say something, right? Oh, yeah. So I've I've been encouraging him. You know, this is this is a conversation that we have uh, every now and again, and I have to remind him. I was like, before you say anything, ever, take a breath. Mm -hmm. It stops you. It it slows you down. It makes you pause before you jump out there and stick your foot in your mouth. The internet does not have that function. You know what we need. We need an app that is mandatory. Everyone has to have it on their and it phone. it pops up and it says, are you sure you want to say this? No, no. It won't let you send it for 30 minutes. Hmm. I'm what, not sure that would help. Whatever comment you had, whatever thing you're going to say, whatever thing you're going to post to a blog or a comment <laughs> section. You or have, a private Facebook group. You've got 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes to sit there and go, oh, no, no, I don't want to, oh, yeah. I don't want to say that. Um, I had an email. No, no, no I'd I, want that. <laughs> I had I had an email that I sent yesterday, day before yesterday, mm -hmm. uh, concerning some business involving some stuff that we've got going on here. And the first sentence was longer in the first draft. Oh, sure. And I thought. No, I'm no. not going to say that last part. I you know, backspace, 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 because it would have probably lit the match for burning the bridge. Mm -hmm. Sure, no, <laughs> and I'm like, not quite ready to do that yet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. and 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 I think that it's here's the flip side of that. Okay. And this actually comes back to the original, the, the, what we talked about the first half, is that there is still a perception somehow, and I realize, I realize that in the grand scheme of things, um, instant communication is still relatively new. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. The internet... Um, Early nineties. Yeah, it's not not even thirty years old yet. So, but if you've grown up, if you are, well, if you're under thirty, it's you've known it all your life. Mm -hmm. You've known that yep. and cable and, and all this. Stuff. We talked about that. We talked about that before too. My my daughter, my my daughter's life has always had these things. Yes, and personal mine, computers. Mine has had the life before that. So it's yeah. I and we have gotten to watch. The speed of things increase, and the the science fiction aspects of our life become real. You know, I wonder, and I'm sure somebody has because somebody always does. I wonder 
about the sociological studies. I'm sure people have done oh, yeah. sociological there's, studies on the impact of the internet on, on human behavior. They're, yeah, they're definitely ongoing because it is so relatively new um, that the uh, you know they're, they're 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 covering specific periods of time. So it's like they're covering over a ten-year period of time, but this is the kind of stuff that it's it's the same things we did with television, mm-hmm. where we had the long the the decades-long studies on the effects of television on because it changed things. I want an app that would allow me to hit a button and spank the internet, just just shake it up, just one I was every now say, and again, there's and a, say there's a segment of don't the, do this. Well, there's a segment of the internet that would that would pay you really well to do that. <laughs> So not that kind of show, uh, that, but that uh, no, no, is true. We, we could make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> we got to look into that. No, uh, but um, that's Rinchuckle Auto right there. <laughs> uh, Wait a hang minute. Hang on. Um, See, now, now it's that kind of thing. See, we, we just made a joke. We did. We just made and, a joke. And it is, and, and to be perfectly honest, um, it was a fairly... Iffy joke there. Yeah, that was an iffy one, and and. But we did it to make a point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, but that's the kind of thing that that certainly. Um, and we're, but you right. see how easily that oh yeah that it, just flows into the conversation. Honestly, that could have gone if if it's would have been not too hard to take that further. Sure. Into a place that would have been very inappropriate. Yeah. Um, which. Which is not the way we generally have our conversations. Exactly, which is why, which, which is why it, it, would, yeah. it would only go that far. Now, I mean, so, for, but if, for example, you might hear something on when Dustin and I do our Fear the Walking Dead podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Zompocalypse Now. That's right. Little plug there. Um, because of the nature of, and you and I, you and I talk to each other differently than Dustin and I talk to each other. Sure. You yeah. Know, and. and I don't put my head on your shoulder. And well, that's good because I do not need everybody crying on my shoulder all the time. Um, folks, the last Walking Dead episode, Dustin was in tears and my shirt got all wet because we record the microphones like right in between us. And I tell you, I have bleeped every single episode since you guys started doing a podcast. And having read the written versions of our reviews, <laughs> which have the written version of bleeping, um, because, uh, well, it, the show drives you. It, it drives you to drink. It drives you to swear. And we didn't have any alcohol. Mm. So anyway, um, but my point, I had one, um, is the, thing, the, the the flip side of that is that not only not only do you have that instant, and 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 we have that instant urge to respond too. You have said that terrible thing. Yes. I, I, it is required. My my own sense of of, of upset, outrage, um, whatever whatever the emotion you're getting from it, you you want to respond. And and of course, studies have shown mm-hmm. over and over and over again, you cannot win an argument on the internet. You just can't. What? It's, That's crazy talk. And also true. Um, you don't change anybody's mind. Yeah. You know, this is not the comment section is not where you go. Even if you're having a reasoned discussion. You're not, you're not, the odds of changing people's minds are really, really, really small. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing that, and I think you see it a lot, you see it a lot in politics, 
you see it a lot in places like situations like this where we were while well, we were all drinking the coffee we were talking about another couple other sexual harassment situations in the comics industry that that have happened at other times there's this disconnect where people don't seem to realize that what you do in public now is instantly available mm-hmm. for everyone. <clears throat> yep. So if you do something like get too drunk at a party and say something inappropriate to a member of the... Anybody. Any, anybody. You can't really sit there and go, oh, I didn't say that. Or I didn't mean that. Right, because other people heard you. And it's out there. And, 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 and we're filming stuff now. Mm-hmm. You see this. You see this stuff in. in uh, God, I hate to get into politics, but it's a great example. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, you hear somebody go, "Well, I didn't say that," and everyone sits there and goes, "And we're going to go to the tape, yeah, where you said those exact words." And it's like, "Well, that's not what I meant." Okay, okay. So it's it's, and it's some of it, some of it's the age of the person. I, mean, I think mm-hmm. that if you're if you're above 30 again you don't there's we we grew up with there being a delay you you read about it yeah. in the next day's paper or you saw it at the six o'clock or the 10 o'clock news you didn't sit there and go yeah, there was no 24 hour right. news cycle the and... phone didn't chime and go huh? well, you know it's it we have okay we have become and I've said this before we've become a generation we are raising a generation of crybabies and whiners who are easily offended at any little thing no matter take your take your pick political stripe sociological whatever it doesn't matter it's on both sides it's on all sides there there are this this idea that there is always something out there that will offend us and on the flip side of that there's this, like you say, with the notifications and the pings and the things mm-hmm. that we get on the thing. We're we're turning into Pavlov's dogs. Oh yeah. What is this? Oh, what's this? What's this? I got to see this. What is this now? And I, I I've even caught myself. You know, people are saying, you know, you're on that phone all the time. Lots of the know, news is. I'm not. I I. It, it is, and I have said this a number of times. It is the nature of my work. Mm-hmm. As a media producer during the day Mm -hmm. and as a superhero magazine editor at night, Mm -hmm. I have information coming to me from various different sources all throughout the day. Right. Not only that, but I have conversations with friends Mm -hmm. through the phone, through the texting that I would not normally otherwise have. I mean, you and I, you and I can sit here and we can talk. Right. My best friend is 950 miles away. Sure. I can't. I can't. Hey, let's go to lunch. There are there are so many upsides to this kind of thing, but it's like yeah. anything else where there it, it comes with a price. The mm-hmm. the positives uh, are outweigh are not outweighed. That's a question. That everyone has to decide that they have to decide if it's if it's a, where the weight falls for them. Because some folks, it, the the positives are going to outweigh the negatives, and some folks, the negatives are going to completely decimate the positive for me the negatives outweigh the positives but the negatives i have to take in order to have the positives because of the tools that i have as part of that and and that's that's not just the phone that's the internet Mm -hmm. you know that's 
Facebook and Twitter and and all of this other stuff. I mean, the only one really I I don't do Tumblr. You know, yeah, we we feed we feed our stuff into Tumblr. Instagram goes into Tumblr yeah, and my, into Twitter and my stuff. My daughter does Tumblr and I follow my daughter on Tumblr. And that's the, the only, only thing one, I use Tumblr. The only one that I don't have any issues with really is Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we use, we use Pinterest for cosplay. Mm-hmm. We've got here's how you make this costume. Here's right. how you work with a warbler. Here's this photograph of this. You know, here's 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 a really cool Supergirl costume. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, here's a great cyborg or whatever. That's not social to me. That's a bulletin board. Right. And then, yeah. you know, you're pinning pictures onto the thing and you say, hey, go look at this. Yeah, but here's, here's how you fix that wig. You know, mm-hmm. all of that stuff, tutorials and stuff. Right. That to me is a useful tool. Facebook, not so much. Twitter, not so much. Right. Instagram, uh, Snapchat. I, you know, I, I've never gotten Snapchat. Snapchat is for. I think Snapchat feeds narcissism more than anything else. And the fact that it gets deleted almost yeah. instantly mm-hmm. is it, it removes the consequences. It removes the fear of consequences. Oh, I can yeah, post something really stupid and it goes away in 15 seconds. Well, right. And, and, and honestly, I think, I think that that's... Um, and I think that's part of what this culture, this, this internet culture is, that there are fewer perceived consequences... To behavior. Well, and I think that I think that what you have the one of the the pros here of of that kind of not necessarily a Snapchat. I think I'm I'm not a fan, and and quite frankly, I think that if huh, depending on depending on who you're talking to, there's a whole lot of and it's again again political political stupid season. A lot of people talking about First Amendment this, First Amendment that, right? So they have the First Amendment right to, to die. I can say whatever I want, but they always leave out the part where. That doesn't mean you're free of the consequences of what you said, you know. So you can sit there and you know you can, you know, you're infringing on my free speech. Well, no, actually, you said the free th- you you had the free speech right to say the thing you said, right? But that doesn't mean you don't have to pay the consequences of saying that because that's not the you're not protected from the consequences of your free speech by the First Amendment or see, the cons. You know, well, see, the thing, but is though, so many people, so many people don't understand the First Amendment in other ways too. Right, the fact that. Yes, you have a right to say something, but the workplace is not Congress. Right, exactly. See, the First Amendment – we'll do a little civics lesson here for you. The First Amendment only limits the federal government from telling you what you can and cannot say. Right. The workplace is not the government. Right. The workplace is a private enterprise that mm -hmm. sits there and says, we make the rules. And that Mm -hmm. actually kind of circles back to what we're talking about with the Exactly, right. Here are – the rules of conduct. Here's mm-hmm. the code of conduct for our company. Right. Here's what you can say. Here's what you can't say. You know, you, you, it, it, you're going to go out and represent our company at a convention. Here are talking points. You mm-hmm. can talk about this. You can't talk about that. There are embargoes. You know, we get press releases. Sure. That are embargoed until a certain date. We you know, get, there's we, always, there's we always get, stuff like we that. We get to look at, at, at content before it's aired. And yeah, we're, we get screeners. Right. And, so, so, yes. Yeah. You know, the, the the company that you work for these and and this is this is how it works they give you a paycheck and in return 
they ask that you do certain things, one of which is your job. And a lot of times they'll give you a book. Uh-huh. And yeah. that book, depending on how thick it is, you, you read that book and, and the sh- book yeah. says- And you should read that book. Here's what's the rules. Right. So if the company fires you or, or, or disciplines you for saying, you know, speaking your mind, exercising your First Amendment rights, well, good. Congratulations. You've exercised your First Amendment rights. The company can still fire you because Congress has not decided to sit there and go, um, okay, that's, that's great. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. congratulations. Good for you, for, you know, but. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want from us? <laughs> so, um, the situation here is that we have somebody who behaved it appears inappropriately mm-hmm. with the level of detail we don't have. We don't have. And right. that's the way it should be. Yep. You know, we, yep. we should not know all the details of this situation unless... The only way it would, be, it would, it would come out publicly is in a, in a record of, of a court proceeding. I would admit, yeah. And, and, so, and quite frankly, I don't, I don't want to know. The gory details. No. Um, but we talked about this one and we talked about the cosplay instance, incidents. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and there's a couple of important things to remember is that you're, you are operating, you're not operating in a vacuum. Every single one of us is, if you are interacting with another human being, um, that means you have to take them into consideration. Or you're, at the very least, you're a jerk. <laughs> I mean, at, at the baseline, you're a jerk if you don't take into the consideration the people around you. Right. And uh, I was going to make a joke about sitting in the basement alone, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that one the dog, slide. The dog is here. The dog likes you and everything. I, I put up with the dog. The dog likes yeah. you and everything. So if you are an, an, an open letter to all boys... From the father of a daughter. <laughs> Not just boys. I mean, it's anybody. I, well, I know, but it's just... It's I mean, anybody. But that's just, you know, that's that's the default, right? And yeah. so, you know, if you're if you are a boy, if you are a girl, if you are gay or straight or whatever, um, you have to treat the other person like a person. Mm-hmm. And remember that they are somebody else's sister or daughter or mother or brother or son and you also have to remember too not not only do you have to treat other people with respect and you have to treat other people with kindness and and with a certain amount of courtesy but the flip side of that I'll I'll quote Sirac mm-hmm. um there is no offense where none is taken you you also you know not only do you have a responsibility to treat other people well but you also have the opportunity let's say mm-hmm. of you have the choice, not an opportunity. You have the choice whether or not you're going to be offended. Yeah, uh, you know, I, if somebody writes something on the wall, or somebody, you know, somebody types something on the internet or whatever, your reaction is yours to control. And I would I would agree with that a hundred percent. But also add the add the the addition to that is that when you have reached a point where you are where the situation is clearly not the kind of thing where you know a, you could have that reasonable discussion mm-hmm. where you could look at someone and go okay 
that actually was pretty offensive. Can we talk about this? I mean, yeah. I have people that I could do that with. I have people, you know, and and uh, but if you have reached the point where you are male or female, gay or straight, I don't care. Republican, Democrat, purple plant, I don't care. Whatever, 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 whoever is listening to us. If, if the, you, if the plants are listening to us, then, then I, know. I don't know. It's just I kind of, yeah. but the. The simple fact of the matter is, is that the the so many of these situations do get underreported, okay? Um, and you periodically hear about the uh, and I can it, it, it's it's it can be scary, you know. Some of these when these situations get really bad, sure, because you're you know, worried about retaliation. You're worried about retaliation, especially if it's in the workplace and someone who might who might sure. be, or the fact that someone may look at you and again, like I said, there men are often the victims of some of this stuff as well. And there's a there's there's a a perception, a self-perception for a lot of men that, that reporting it makes you look weak. Mm-hmm. Suck it up. <laughs> yep. be a, uh, muscle up, be a man about it, and recognize the fact that it's wrong. Whether it's a, a, a man doing it to a woman, a woman doing it to a man, uh, pick a, you know, cross-gender, cross-anything. The simple fact of the matter is, is that if it has reached the point where you have, if you have been assaulted or raped or any of these things, it can be very scary to talk about it. But, but you have to. But talk you have about to it. talk about it, yeah. um, because this is how these people get stopped. Um, I heard a terrifying, terrifying story, uh, news story, several times over the last couple of years about back, backlogs in rape kits. You heard about that? No. State after state after state has thousands of rape kits that have not been processed. Hmm. Have not heard this. It's terrifying, and uh, New York. New York passed a law, I guess, and got some funding or something, and they started processing them, and they co- they like connected like six hundred rapes mm. to using this stuff. Right. Luckily, a lot of people were already in jail for them, which is good, which is great. Except they might not have been. Sure. Um, and anyway, um, this stuff is you know there there's a, there's a concerted effort now to go through and try and clean up some of this mess because it's this this happened all over the country. It's not it's not confined to one state. And this and this particular issue that we're talking about here is not just confined to the comics industry. No, and, and no, it's some not. People, some people are like, "Well, you know, this is all over the comics industry." Well, the the flip side of that is this is everywhere. Okay, and also remember you that know, that we because we talk about this sort of thing. This mm-hmm. is this is this is an industry that we talk about, and because like any, the comic industry isn't that big, right? St- realistically, I mean, you look at the number of people who are really involved in it. Yeah, this sort of stuff pops right out, and unfortunately, it's also you know. It also, it's a smaller group of people. They know each other more. Right. Which makes it kind of, it kind of makes it things work. But anyway, um, do not, you know, treat people with respect. Expect to be treated with respect. Um, and wait 30 minutes before you respond to anything. <laughs> That's it. Wait 30 minutes. Remember, remember, wait 30 minutes before you get in the pool? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same wait, kind of thing. Wait 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Take a breath before you speak. Take a breath before you speak and uh, and be nice to each other. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Okay, if we could just sit there and and you know okay. be excellent to each other. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> there is a quote, um, Ziad Abdelnour. Okay, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. This is from the book Economic Warfare: Secrets of Wealth Creation in the Age of Welfare Politics. Okay. Don't promise when you're happy. Don't reply when you're angry, mm. and don't decide when you're sad. That's good advice. 
Good advice. Yep. We'll end on that. Yep. Um, but but we do encourage you one one more time. We'll reiterate if if you are encountering experiencing some sort of issue, mm-hmm. whether it's harassment or assault or worse, uh, we do encourage you to talk to somebody, get help. Please, um, please, please, because that's that's you know that that kind of that kind of behavior is never acceptable, no matter who it is. So. Um, on that heavy thought, we're going to head out this week. Thank you very much for listening. If you have comments or suggestions, or if you have any perspective on any of this you'd like to share. Yes, please. Our email address, h2o at sci-fi for me.com. Uh, you can leave comments on all of our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Tumblr, YouTube. Um, don't forget the Mr. Harvey and Mr. Adair, as we talked about. And there's a new podcast over on uh, Sci-Fi for Me Radio. It's called Zompocalypse Now. We're currently talking, talking about Fear the Walking Dead. We'll no. be back. Uh, we are not going to limit ourselves to the Walking Dead things. No, it's going to be all zombie all the time. Yeah. Although, although, although Dustin has threatened to quit. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. He can't quit until Curtis comes back. Well, I told him, I said, I, I'm not suffering through this alone. So, yeah. But yeah, no, we, we, we have fun. Yep. So that's that's coming up. Uh, oh, don't forget, we are we are going to be giving away a superhero stuff hero box on our 115th episode, which is just around the corner. And uh, in the meantime, we do encourage you to listen to our other podcasts. You can find those over at uh, podcast.com. Just search sci-fi for me. And we will be back with another discussion, hopefully a little bit lighter topic, next week on uh, our next episode of H2O. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 